Thanks, Zach. Today, I want to talk about changing our city. I want to talk about changing a nation. So many people in what is going on in this last year have felt powerless, like we can't do anything. Like, what is going on? Some people don't agree with the decisions that are being made and the, the censorship that's happening on the media and uh, not all the facts that are coming forth. And people feel powerless and they feel angry. Uh, there's such a division and ideas on what's going on. So today I want to talk to you, how do we change a city? How do we change a government? How do we change a nation? Now. There's been the craziest teachings from the church about this. They, for some reason, think that they've got to do all sorts of stuff. They get up in tall buildings and pray against demonic entities. They get in helicopters to curse the devil. They'll scream. Um, you know, just dumb things that the New Testament leaders never did. And so I want to talk to you. I want to bring you into God's word. I want to show you how to rise up as a city changer, as a nation changer, the way God has designed you to be. So let's take a look for a moment at demonic power. We know that there are two kingdoms on this planet, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light, and the kingdom of evil, the kingdom of darkness. Now, the Bible, Jesus very clearly outlines these two kingdoms. He says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anytime something is being stolen, rights, privileges, anything, something is being killed, disease, sickness, anytime uh, you, you find something just being destroyed, etc., behind it somewhere is always the enemy. He's a killer, he's a liar, he's a stealer. And he'll use innocent people, naive people. There are times that he'll use and people will give themselves over to evil because they're so self-centered. All they think about is themselves. And we have evil leaders rising up. Take a look at history. Stalin, Mao Zedong, uh, you know, others that, that just killed millions of people. So the enemy is always trying to hurt cities, countries, and he'll always try to affect leadership. And so we need to be praying for leaders so that there can be a freedom to hear the wisdom of God and not allow them to be surrounded. In fact, in the Old Testament, you'd find a man like Daniel who would serve a wicked country and a wicked leader and change a whole nation, one man. You'd find someone like Joseph who would serve a wicked country, a wicked leader, a killer, not even caring about the things of God. But all of a sudden they would rise up with such wisdom that the leaders would turn to them and let them run their whole countries, advise them on all kinds of policy. The church of Jesus Christ today needs to understand demonic authority because there isn't any. Jesus said all authority is given to him. But because so many Christians can't get results, their doctrine has gone to, if, you're, if you get into sin, you give Satan authority. If you do anything wrong, you give Satan authority. That is baloney. Nowhere in the Word of God does it say that Satan gets authority over you if you sin, if you do something wrong. 
First of all, you don't have any authority to give him. Jesus has all authority, all the promises that you need, all of the, 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 the things that have been given to you are in Christ. He has the authority and we are in him. I've talked to so many believers who have told me, I've committed the unpardonable sin. My life is a mess. I've done things that have given the devil authority over me. And I just laugh at them and say, You're, you've been lied to. You've been deceived. You don't even have authority spiritually to give the devil. Jesus said, all authority is given to me. Well, then, well, then why does the devil have so much power? He doesn't. The Bible says people perish for a lack of knowledge. So when Jesus died on the cross and the law was nailed to that cross and he died for your and I's sin, we no longer are righteous through our um, obedience to God through works. We are righteous as a gift from Jesus. Now, we still want to do good works, because if you don't, everybody around you will leave you, lock you up, abandon you. But between you and God, this righteousness is a gift from Jesus. So the enemy relies on our ignorance. He relies on us trying to mix the Old Testament with the New Testament. We have had many books over the years written about incredibly strange and weird demonic uh, manifestations. And I don't doubt that they're demonic manifestations where someone has opened up and been deceived and lied to and their emotions are messed up and the enemy is influencing them and they're an emotional mess, etc., etc. But the issue is in the authority that we have. And so, uh, I don't have time to dive into a ton on this, but I want to go into uh, one of the teachings in the Word of God that is so powerful about this. And it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, in dealing with Paul's thorn in the flesh. You see, often people are waiting for their circumstances to change. They feel like if their circumstances change, they can begin to do something. But listen to this interesting few verses. Paul is saying in verse 7, And lest I be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. Then he explains what the thorn was. It was a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Now, Crazy doctrines are, well, he was blind. Well, the enemy, you know, it was, it was sickness. It was disease. No, this thorn in the flesh wasn't given to him by God. The enemy didn't want the revelation of what Jesus did on the cross, which was given to Paul, shared around the world. Anywhere it was shared, he took whole cities out. Paul was a stunning evangelist and an apostolic ministry that changed countries. And every time, and he would always share Jesus. But so the enemy didn't want that, so he continually harassed Paul. Everywhere he went, the they would religious people would rise up against him. They'd have him beaten, kicked out of the city. Other places he'd do incredible stuff. And so it says that a messenger of Satan was sent to buffet him. Then it says, now concerning this, 
I pleaded with the Lord three times <clears throat> that it would depart from me. Because he sensed this bombardment everywhere he went. People were against him, against him, against him, <clears throat> and stirring him up. In some places he was stoned, some places he was beaten, some places he was kicked out. Uh, and so he, God said to him this. He said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, what is God saying to him? And what is grace? Well, the grace word has been watered down so much that we actually think God was telling Paul, suck it up, just put up with it. You can just handle it. Just hang in there. It's like that poster with this little kitten hanging by one claw on a cliff and it's just hanging there, baby. It's as though, you know, you know, my grace, meaning just kind of this ability to put up with it. God's grace is his ability. And it's coming to you as a gift, as a favor. The word grace means unearned favor. And it's the ability of God that is coming to you as a favor. He's telling Paul, stop worrying about the crowds rising up against you. Stop worrying about trying to stone you. Stop worrying about them kicking you out of one city because I'm just taking you to another city. Get up with the ability of God and go change the planet. And so he says here, therefore, most gladly I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in need, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, I'm strong. What is he saying here? He's saying the enemy can stir up people. The enemy can't touch Paul. Paul's not wrestling with a baby demon or a, or a fallen angel. No, all the enemy can do is influence others to come against you. But they can't stop you. It doesn't matter what happens. And Paul, when you follow his life, he got up and took the Bible and the Word of God to the then known world. And he did it with the grace and the power of God. God is not going to force the gospel into people's lives. So when someone doesn't want it, they have chosen their, their direction. Then it, the gospel moves on to those. And there's always people. The Bible talks about millions and millions in the valley of decision that people are right. Jesus looked at the harvest fields and he said, they're white unto harvest. So when people don't receive, when people come against you, it doesn't bother me in the least. I'm not going to sit around waiting for things to calm down to go do something great for God. Our church, our schools, our television stay, we're going to just rock up and move forward and we're always going to have someone coming against us blogging about us talking about us complaining about us trying to shut us down using legal means these means and you know what we're not going to go oh no oh god we got to calm this down oh jesus save us oh just keep going get your head your, your face like a flint towards what god's called you to do stop looking at your career and go oh i wish the devil would stop attacking me he's not gonna stop so get up and dominate him get up and do it anyway Get up and take the avenues God has made for you. Get up and believe Him for prosperity. 
If the enemy is, see, if something in your life is shut down and finances aren't flowing in or something's coming against you, God will guide you into new directions. He'll give you new abilities. He'll guide you in new giftedness, into new seasons. But you've got to believe that his grace is sufficient for me. What is his grace? His ability on your life. Your giftedness, your skills, added with the supernatural power of God, we're not worried about what crowd is against us. We're not worried about who's coming up against us. We're not worried about this and that. Get up and recognize that you don't sit down with your thumb in your mouth waiting for everything to calm down. No, in fact, during a storm is when people succeed often the most. When the wind begins to blow, just believe it's going to blow you faster into the destiny that God has for you. Or as one brother we brought here said, if he's pushing you back right now, you just need to recognize you're going back in the slingshot of God. And nothing's going to stop that release as you catapult ahead in your business, your career, in your life, in whatever area it feels like, oh, the devil is attacking me. Oh boy, I got a messenger from Satan to buffet me. And God looks at Paul and says, my grace is sufficient for you. On you is my ability. And you're concerned with a, a, a fallen servant angel? And all of the ability that created the universe has been given to you. The name of Jesus has been given to you. Holy Spirit has been given to you, that spirit of grace. And you're worried about a messenger from Satan, that defeated group, those servant angels who came against God and were kicked out in a flash? He literally is giving Paul a correction. Now Paul says, ha, every time I see a storm, I just, wow, I got something more to conquer. It's going to be a great victory. Man, are we going to party when we win another one? Because we always win. We're more than overcomers. We're conquerors. Recognize you're made in the likeness of the image of God. You win. You get up and know what to do. You're not going to be pushed aside or moved aside. The grace, the ability of God is upon you. When you look at God's word in Isaiah 42, 6 to 7, it begins to talk here about what God has done for you and I. It says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I'll keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the very prison house. I have watched people come to our church over the years. I've watched people tormented, vexed by the enemy. Their marriage is a mess. Even said they've questioned suicide and murder. And they find the church and they begin, they give their lives to Christ or they begin to hear the word of God. And the word of God begins to arm them. And the fact they've been deceived, they begin to become aware of it. That there's more power in God than there is in this lie. That the love, and as they begin to hear the word, and as the word of God, the washing of water by the word, you begin to see the victory rise up in their emotions, in their beliefs. And nobody had to run 
them and scream at a demon, the word of God began to come in. And like this verse says, their blind eyes began to open, not physically blind, but they literally begin to understand Jesus, the power of the gospel, who they are in Christ. And they begin to walk out of their prisons of anger and divorce and all the things the enemy has simply tricked and deceived them. They stop sitting in darkness, thinking there's no hope, thinking there's no help. And the gospel begins to come to them, that Jesus died for them, that they're precious, that he has given them all the blessing of God, all the promises of God. They get to walk on the planet as Jesus walked on the planet and they begin to find out who they are in Christ and man as the word of God begins to open their eyes and they begin to start walking in the light and they don't sit in the darkness the prison doors begin to open up not because the devil is so powerful but because they didn't know they didn't understand they couldn't see that makes a church like this church absolutely precious it's why you need to get to church and hear the word because often one message will break the very lie of the devil about your marriage, your health, your kids, your generations, your career, your friendships. It just breaks that power because the where the word of God is, there is light. He says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. He's showing you correct beliefs, showing you who you are in Christ, that the enemy is a defeated foe, that your beliefs are crazy. Get up and believe truth because if you know truth it sets you free and that truth comes from getting disciplined in God's Word man this is powerful as we hear the Word of God you see people they get a problem going and they start focusing on it and as they focus on it their imagination begins to build it up and as your imagination begins to build it up, the word vexed in the Bible means you become emotionally overwhelmed. You begin to believe crazy things. You begin to believe the enemy is so powerful. You begin to believe in Murphy's Law. You begin to have this fear that causes all these imaginations of you lost your spouse in an accident. That's why it's late. And the way the things are on this world, we just want to go back to heaven. The devil's so... Whatever crazy stuff you're focused on and if you focus on the news wake up you really think the news is going to determine our future give your head a shake media is so controlled by the enemy and we need to recognize they can't even report the whole truth in 2nd Timothy chapter 2 verses 24 to 26 it talks here about the enemy in verse 26, I'll just read this, it says, And they come to their senses, and they escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Satan has to snare you. Like, how deceitful is that? He's got a, you know, a snare is a little piece of wire you hook in the bush to grab a bunny rabbit when it walks, when it runs through the snare and trap it. Satan's not walking into your life taking you out. He's got to snare you. And the Bible says here that when you come to your senses, you'll, you'll just escape him no problem. Well, what does it mean, come to your senses? It means you begin to understand God's word. You begin to understand what Jesus did on the cross when he died for you, when he, when he went down into hell, when he rose again victorious. As you hear the word of God, 
you begin to recognize. And the very knowing his word, you just walk out of any snare. When the enemy tries to tell you that you're not good enough for the miracle, he can't deceive you because you know your righteousness is a gift. When the enemy tries to tell you your future is not going to go good, you know the promises of God's word, that the light's going to grow brighter, that you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, that everything you put your hand to is blessed. As you grow in God's word, he loses his ability to snare you and keep you in emotional vexed emotionally vexed where you just oh, 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 oh. a lot of times when I pray with people and they think they've got demonic problems I say well yeah anytime you got blood in the water a shark will come get your emotions in check with the Word of God deal with your fear your envy your jealousy your pride just get into God's Word and you're gonna find you're gonna walk out of that prison the darkness is gonna come to light you're gonna get up in victory just by hearing the good news. Now, if we're going to reach our cities, we've got to understand something. The end times doctrines that are out there are so crazy. And they try to make every Christian, you know, tuck your head between your legs, kiss your butt goodbye, and wait for the trumpet to blow and, and take us off this world of woe. That's not what Jesus said. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 13, in this teaching, he says here, just, I'll give you one verse. He says, and he called his 10 servants, delivered them 10 pounds. God has given gifts to you and I. And then he says, occupy till I come. He didn't say retreat. He didn't say do nothing. He didn't say just run around screaming at devils. He said occupy. The word occupy means do business. Rise up with leadership. Rise up and be salt in light in our cities. He's not saying be some kind of religious nut group uh, that just tells everybody a trumpet's going to blow, we're all going to escape the planet, and that's your biggest dream in life? Really? Where do your gifts come in? Where do your abilities come in? Where do your kids come in? Where do your grandkids come in? You're going to just teach them? Well, you know, the world's going to get so bad, a trumpet's going to blow, and we're all going to get out of here. Wow, that's really going to make them excited about church and God. Wake up. That's not what the word says. Occupy till we come. It means he's giving you business gifts, political gifts. He's giving you health care gifts. Some of you are doctors and lawyers and pastors and teachers and leaders and artists and musicians. And as all of us use our gifts, we are to use them to go into the marketplace, rise up financially, influence the world with your songs, begin to talk to your neighbors, become recognized that we are here to influence nations, cities. Proverbs 11, 11 says, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. What? The city's exalted. It's overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. The blessing in your life. If you're a doctor, go encourage other doctors. Be the great voice of encouragement and love and solve problems for that hospital administration. If you're a business person, encourage other businesses. Believe in win-win. Get up and treat your employees with excellence. Believe in them. Help them to succeed. You know, this world loves bad news. They'll watch CNN. I don't watch it because constant negative news. They'll watch it 10 times a day and wonder why they don't have any faith. 
Oh, I like getting the news. I'll take one moment and, and just do a quick cover of what's happening on the planet in my city. And then I just get my head out of there because they don't tell you the news. They interpret the news and they interpret the news so that it's depressing and degrading and you give up and the wonderful government has to come save us and, and more lot, whatever's going on. Listen to me. You need to get into God's word and we need to be that we have the good news, the message of Jesus. Share it with your neighbor. Help him out next door. Help out the people at work. Get a smile on your face and a sense of victory and let them know things are ahead of us are going to be good. We're going to solve problems. We're going to figure this out. The nation's going to rise up. Our cities are going to be exalted. We are salt and light. We're not lie to, to already try to rot that old decomposing body down. Proverbs 14.34, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness, what is that? It exalts a nation. That's you and I. We are the righteous. We are the ones who are righteous as a gift from God. And everywhere we go, we are to bring joy and good news. The gospel is not bad news. You're going to hell, you dirty, rotten sinner. No, the good news is he loves you. It's the goodness of God that makes a person want to change. Let me show you how good Jesus is and the plan he's got for here and the plan he's got for eternity. He loves you. He wants to heal you, touch your marriage, restore your home. He wants to get involved in your company, your career. Oh, God is so good. If we can get back to sharing with people the good news of the gospel and we get some good news in our neighborhoods, our TVs, our cities, our nations, our provinces, we can change. But the church, we're just on board. Oh, oh, oh. And then we get, see, when people are scared, they get mad next. Come on. The Bible's very clear in, in verse 35 of Proverbs 14. The king's favor is toward a wise servant. If you're working for a company, get up and figure out how to make money for them. Get up with a smile on your face every day and go to work wanting to solve problems for that boss. If you're working in government, get around that premier and figure out a way to encourage and to be a blessing and speak truth. You're not going to go and just be on somebody's team against truth. You speak truth. You are here for the kingdom of God and to be a blessing to all of those around you, to the ability that you can. But you're going to speak truth and you're going to do it in love or you're going to do it in a valuing way of the people that you speak to. When we recognize that we're gifted with wisdom, we're gifted with the favor of God upon our lives, then we can rise up and we can begin to affect mayors and cities, you business people. Get up and go in there and help the mayor, help the commerce chain, help the things you can. Give money over and above what God's called you to give to your church. Go help good causes. Tell the mayors and the counselors and the premiers could just look at you and go, I need this guy around me. I need this woman around me. Great ideas, always encouraging. They'll speak truth. Even when I want them to be a yes person, they won't do it. But they begin to value having us around. The church of Jesus Christ is salt and light to neighborhoods to industries, to cities, to nations, to politics, to every area, you and I should rise up and share and live this good news, this excitement of who Jesus is and how he can change people. Father, I pray right now that you would touch every person, 
that's listening. I pray that we would recognize the key to changing cities and nations is to share and live this joy and this peace that nothing can take us down. Like the apostle Paul figured out, your grace is enough. Wow, your grace, your ability in us is more than enough to win in every situation and change cities and nations in the meantime. Father, I pray this upon Springs Church and every person watching. If you've been watching today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you have not believed on Him, trusted Him, asked Him to come into your life, you need to do it right now. Just say, Jesus, I choose you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. I want to be born again. I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. Now, start, keep watching and learning and growing, and you are gonna be amazed at how the positive, joyful, peaceful presence of God gets on your life and solves problems and marriages and family. God is gonna help you to get up and live. In his kingdom, it says it's not just a bunch of rules about eating and drinking, it's righteousness, peace, and joy.